Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me. This is episode number 90. I'm thinking a lot lately about uh, what could be sort of a crisis of my profession, broadly stated, something to do with the liberal arts. Um, it seems to me that uh, many people recognize that the liberal arts are under attack. And with the rise of populism, especially the type of populism that is happening in our culture right now and has been going on for the last three or four years and even longer than that, uh, the roots of it go back, this sort of anti-intellectual push which has degenerated into an attack against uh, men of letters, women of letters, And it raises an ugly question that I often would rather not uh, address, which is what is the value of books and poems and art? Um, What if the idealism of our artistic tradition is just that? What if it's just an ideal and reality is something more brutal something more uh, vicious that has to be fought for, and it's a matter of survival. Uh, I'm thinking of the great movie, The Mission, where the priest, played by Jeremy Irons at the end, says, I don't want to live in a world like that. We believe that truth and beauty and goodness wins in the end. We believe also that the pursuit of truth and beauty and goodness is a worthwhile pursuit. But there are days when we go through things that we can't explain and we go through difficult situations as a culture, things that we thought we took care of a long time ago, like racism, which should have been dealt with 300 years ago, still rises its ugly head over and over again. And it makes you wonder, It makes you wonder, are we just spinning words and throwing paint on the wall? Are we just spinning words in the air? Are our songs only sung to each other? Does it have any lasting value? I want to read a quote today from uh, Jim Barnes from his uh, remarkable and very important book titled On Native Ground, Memoirs and Impressions. Barnes is a former poet laureate of Oklahoma and uh, a lifelong, uh, one of the leading poets in the country as far as I'm concerned. But here's a, a prose reflection that he mentions in this book On Native Ground. He says, the love of art is a civilizing passion. It was never the politician, the general, or the teacher, who was the true nurturer of that thing we call civilization. The fostering parent of civilization is the artist. If we forget the arts, we are doomed to a very dull and deadly life. The importance of the arts lies in the transmission, translation of ideas, and the innovation that almost always comes with such a transmission in the preservation of tradition, and in the establishing of new traditions. 
So a very eloquent statement there reminds you of the 19th century poet Shelley that uh, the quote, I think I have it right, poets are the legislators of the world. I don't know if I can go that far, but it does keep this idea alive that art has a an innovative and a regenerative and a lasting influence. And though it's often attacked, and the people who are artists and who want to bring civilization and goodwill to all men are often attacked, I think we have to remind ourselves to keep the faith and to keep producing. A lot of people during this pandemic have said to me uh, through email and Facebook and other ways of communicating that they don't... uh, that they they have a hard time creating. Others are creating a lot of stuff, but it's more of a of a of an emptying out. It's a it's a it's a catharsis. It's pain. And then that's only been accelerated lately with the disgusting racial issues that's been go- that have been happening in our culture and been brought to light again. So certainly there are waves, their ebbs and flows. We are on a creative role and then we are secluded and and sometimes we have to ride the water, let it flow its way out. But I would say it's whether art has any lasting redemptive value or not, and of course I do believe it does on most days, I would go a step further and say that it is about the quality of life. If hate wins in the end, or if hate and goodness are stalemated in the end, and goodness is not finally triumphant, in the meantime, the pursuit of art offers a quality of life. It offers a consolation. It does something for your soul. It does something for your mind. It does something for your relationships. So I would say that in the process of turning our pain into beauty, turning our pain into form. We're doing something for ourselves now, a civilizing force, as Jim Barnes says, and hopefully that civilizing force will ultimately stand the test of time. I'm going to read a couple of poems now by William Stafford from his great book, The Darkness Around Us is Deep. And I think these poems speak to this big issue of the value of words, the value of artistic words in the greater culture, which sometimes may be chaotic. The first poem I want to read is titled, In the White Sky. Many things in the world have already happened. You can go back and tell about them. They are part of what we own as we speed along through the white sky. But many things in the world haven't yet happened. You help them by thinking and writing and acting. Where they begin, you greet them or stop them. You come along and sustain the new things. Once in the white sky there was a beginning, and I happened to notice and almost glimpsed what to do. But now I have come far to here, and it is a way back there. Some days 
I think about it. <clears throat> and then a second poem from Stafford, <coughs> excuse me, titled A Ritual to Read Each Other. If you don't know the kind of person I am and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others made may prevail in the world and following the wrong God home, we may miss our star. For there is many a small betrayal in the mind, a shrug that lets the fragile sequence break, sending with shouts the horrible errors of childhood storming out to play through the broken dike. And as elephants parade holding each other as excuse me, as elephants parade holding each elephant's tail, but if one wanders the circus won't find the park. I call it cruel and may be the root of all cruelty to know what occurs but not recognize the fact. And so I appeal to a voice to something shadowy, a remote important region in all who talk. Though we could fool each other, we should consider lest the parade of our mutual life get lost in the dark. For it is important that we awake people be awake, or a breaking line may discourage them back to sleep. The signals we give, yes or no, or maybe, should be clear. The darkness around us is deep. I think that's an amazing, amazingly timely poem. Uh, I appeal to a voice, something shadowy. Certainly we are living in a time that threatens darkness all around us. Awake people should be awake. The last poem I want to read on today's program is a poem I wrote uh, many years ago, probably 15 years ago, 12 years ago maybe, but it's just now going to be published in my new collection, which will be coming out later in the summer. Um, the poem's title is Branded Men, and just a brief story about this poem. It's written... Uh, it was inspired by my friend Jason Murray, who has now passed away, who uh, was a quite a character, a very charismatic, dynamic human being who made a great impression on me and was a dear friend to me uh, when I needed him. <clears throat> and he was, as the poem uh, will illustrate, he comes from working class people and we sort of bonded over some of that stuff and his whole trajectory of his life and his family's life indeed was changed as the poem talks about here by going to a junior college and a professor reading a poem and his whole world was changed his whole life was changed so the title of the poem is branded men it's for Jason with apologies to the hag because you'll notice a lot of uh, allusions to Merle Haggard lines as we move through the poem. Jason was a sophisticated reader and cultured man, but he also loved Merle Haggard and came from that blue-collar route. 
So a tribute to Jason and by extension to all of us who know the value of art that makes our lives have a higher quality and a lasting influence. Go write a poem, Hayda. Write a poem tonight. He ordered me. That's the way he is. He orders spontaneity. He creates by his word. The muse is his bitch and we are all better because of it. How did you get this way? I asked him once. Tell me your story. Your story of itinerant laborers, working men who drink to the glory of God, who badly sing tributes to Merle Haggard. A poem? Poetry changed your life? Well, I'll be damned. A long-haired activist turned professor taught him to read. Then he stumbled onto Whitman, and he's been celebrating himself ever since. He holds his head up, proud of who he is. He's paid his debt. He celebrates himself, celebrates others who celebrate the self. I am caught up in this celebration too. Branded men need to celebrate. The past, especially in the hands of hollow Lilliputans, can be intimidating. Pretty sweater boys who never outgrew junior high, who scheme but never act with integrity. Impotent voyeurs who tease but never satisfy. These kind scare branded men. So we run. We ramble from town to town, from dream to dream, never letting our hats hang on the same nail very long. We roll downhill like snowballs headed for hell, always on a mountain when we fall. Go write a poem, Hayda, he orders me. Write a poem tonight. So, Branded Men for Jason Murray. Uh, if you'll excuse the references to my own self in the poem. I hope that you are doing well and surviving through the pandemic, and I hope that your spirits are lifted. It is a struggle sometimes. Keep making art, keep reading art, keep listening to art, keep looking at art, and it'll all get better someday. we got to believe that. Until next week, I'm Ken Hayda with the Sunday Poems.